Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. Raising kids, it's hard. And when our kids grow older, they turn into teenagers. It's like a whole different ball game. And there's a lot of questions that our kids have about faith and growing up. And parents, we have even more. We're actually talking to Brad Griffin from the Fuller Youth Institute research team today at SOS Radio. How are you, Brad? I'm doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me. You know, this last year or so has not been easy on anyone, but you and your team have been doing a whole lot of research at the Fuller Youth Institute. And today's teens actually represent one of the most anxious, diverse, and adaptive generations in history all at the same time. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to hold. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we spend a lot of time listening to teenagers. It's one of the things that's so fun about our work. I also live with three teenagers, Scott. So it's one of those, it's sort of like the work never ends. <laughs> yeah, so when you dig into the anxiety, what are you noticing aside from just the COVID typical stuff that we all expect came along with the last year? You know, what's interesting is this generation was describing themselves and they were describing their peers as anxious before COVID. So, you know, that was research that was real even before this. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that anxiety. I think some of it, quite honestly, is some of the way we parent. I think some of it is the reality of social media, of growing up in a digital world, growing up, you know, in a smartphone world. I think there's the reality of just pressure of education and pressure to get it all right. And pressure to just constantly be on. So they feel that pressure, they internalize it. It anxiety is a real thing. You know, we were focusing on mental health before the pandemic and then with the pandemic it kind of jumped to new levels. So I think that's important for adults to keep in mind when we're interacting with a teenager. Now, a minute ago you were talking about the anxiety levels in today's teenagers and a part of that might be related to the way that we parent. Could you unpack that a little bit and what you found? Yeah, you know, we all want the best for our kids. And I have lots of ideas myself about what that means for my own kids. <laughs> you know, I think I have some ideas and I see some things and I've had some experience. And, you know, some of us, we maybe don't want to repeat what we went through. We, we want to save our kids from that. Or we know how hard it is to navigate the world today and, and to get ahead in that world. And so we end up kind of layering all this as pressure on our kids. Sometimes we give them more than they can hold, and that ends up becoming a burden for them to bear. You know, and quite honestly, I think because we also give in to some of the social pressures of giving them technology earlier and earlier, you know, well, every kid has a smartphone by middle school, therefore I need to do that or my kid will be socially excluded. But for some kids, that's actually an added layer of pressure they're not ready for. You know, and I think we we just unintentionally, of course, we don't want to do this to our kids. Right. But we unintentionally sometimes give them more than they're ready for as kids. You know, we think that maybe because they're a little more sophisticated, you know, these days because of the world they're growing up in, that that actually makes them more mature or more developed than they really are. 
It's so interesting, too, just the screens. And it's not just, like, video games, but it's what's on TV, and you can stream anything you want, and there's a million channels and recorded content and movies on demand, and it's like... And as parents, we step away, and we want some quiet time. We just want to do our thing. We want to watch our shows. We want to have a conversation, and we just put the kids in front of a TV, give them their tablet, they're on their phones, they're texting their friends, they're not as face-to-face. And What do you notice about what that's doing to our kids? regard to how it affects their soul. You know what's interesting? Just social media in particular is really a mixed bag for young people. And the research would say that it both can create pressure and in particular pressure to to work on their own brand. You know, every moment is a broadcast opportunity yeah, <laughs> for young yeah. people. And But we kind of write that off as vanity, but it's actually, it's part of the work of identity. And for young people who are really into maybe gaming communities as well. These can be sources of identity work for young people, which is one of the three big questions. It's who am I? And another question of where do I fit? You know, where do I belong in the world? And the kids around us are kind of working that out in real time in these digital environments, just like maybe we worked them out in analog environments. For example, you know, research also finds that most teenagers who are active on social media find that it's a source of support when they're struggling. And so we can't just judge them for the world they're in, you know, but we also need to come alongside and realize the ways that they're finding support there, that they're finding community there, and that they're working out who they are. And I think we can meet them there and also help. I mean, you asked about that impact on their soul. You know, part of our responsibility as parents and just adults in their lives is to give them spaces to be away from the screen as well, to take breaks, to speak truth into their life about who they are, even if they're not broadcasting a very impressive self at the moment. We're talking with Brad Griffin today at SWS Radio. He and Kara Powell work with the Fuller Youth Institute and put together a lot of studies, a lot of surveys, talk to a lot of students, college and, and high school, and work with a lot of parents as well, and trying to understand, okay, where's the spiritual climate in our country? But also, like for our teens, like what are the big questions that they're really wrestling with? Is this generation really all that different than our generation was? And Brad, you've kind of narrowed it down that there's three big questions that today's teens are all pretty much digging into right now. If you've spent time with teenagers, you probably are thinking, well, just three? You know, really? I mean, (laughs) the, the teenagers I'm around, they have a lot of questions. And that's true for me, too. And yet we feel like our research shows that underneath all those questions that kind of bubble to the surface, underneath those are these three big questions. The question of identity, who am I? The question of belonging, Where do I fit? And the question of purpose, what difference can I make? And the more we start listening for those questions, you know, listening for them in our conversations, maybe looking for them in the behaviors that we see that, especially the behaviors that kind of perplex us, they confuse us, you know, if we really go digging, I have found that listening for the questions, looking for the questions that actually kind of unlocks that teenager in front of us. It gives us another way of seeing them, you know, sort of like another lens to view what they might be wrestling with, what they might be trying to figure out. You know, when it comes to that issue of identity, it's like, who am I? 
What are you noticing about the way that teens are understanding that? I'll turn back for a minute to that topic of pressure we talked about earlier, because in our research, we found that one of the most dominant answers that we heard from teenagers to that question is, I am what others expect. This sense of, I have all these expectations on me. You know, I feel pressure to live up to those expectations. And they're coming from all directions, from, you know, from my friends, my teachers, my parents, my church, and from society. And so these expectations create, you know, sometimes an impossible set of ideals to live up to. And young people really struggle with that, you know, that that can create that sense of anxiety. It can also create this sense of, I don't really know who I am because I think I might just be the sum of what everybody else wants me to be. And that's part of the work of adolescence is kind of working through that and digging into, well, well, who am I underneath just what everybody else has told me? And Brad, as parents, we want to explain to our kids that God has a purpose for them, that they are children of the one true king, that, you know, they are made in God's image. But when we say that, a lot of times our kids are just like, like they're thinking about the layers, right? They're thinking about, well, my friends say this, I feel this, you want me to be this, dad. Um, I just don't feel like I fit in. Where do you think as parents we can start to connect the dots better for our kids to help them see their identity actually is in Jesus and has to be in Jesus? Otherwise, they're going to go sideways and put their identity in something else that's crazy. Well, one of the theological truths we landed on that we feel like is so powerful for teenagers in the midst of that struggle is this sense of just being enough. That because of Jesus, we are enough the way that we are created. And, you know, that can just be another sort of platitude that we throw out at our kids. But I think there's a way we can speak this truth in layers, in ways that can help reassure them. You know, even in the ways that we pray over our kids. I mean, I pray for my kids at night and, you know, my 16 year old, one of the truths that I pray over her is this truth that she would know that she's enough, that she would know that she's enough. And I think that that's one of the ways we can reinforce this. I think another way is in our conversations as we're listening for what is going on, that we can sort of layer in these truths in the way we wonder with our kids. You know, I wonder, I wonder what God might be up to here. I wonder how, you know, this particular situation or this thing that you're feeling, I wonder how God is in the midst of that. And through that, we can reinforce, you know, our God is not a God of scarcity, but a God of abundance and a God of generosity. And that God wants to meet our teenagers right where they are, you know, when they're feeling like they're not enough, when they're feeling like they just have all this pressure and expectation that that actually God meets them there and says, no, you, you're enough just like you are. And I'm there with you. You know, I'm there with you in that. Um, I, I don't think that's easy. You know, I, I don't think that's easy because I also don't think we, we model it well necessarily. So, you know, kind of maybe that's one more layer to throw in is how are we modeling our own sense of identity in Christ? 
you know, staying hopeful and filled with faith these days isn't easy with so much going on in our world. And we turn on the news and it's just like destruction and poverty and brokenness and exploitation. It's just like every day when we turn that on. We want to stay hopeful. We want to be the parents that are encouraging. And then we're trying to filter that and train our kids to discern what all of that is. And, you know, what are some of the warning signs, Brad, that you've noticed about like struggles where maybe our kids are wrestling with doubts? So I think I want to separate for a minute the question of struggling with doubts, which we believe is a really important part of faith development. And research would tell us that actually when we hear our kids doubting, that is a faith growth opportunity. Sometimes as a parent, we can take that as a freak out opportunity, (laughs) you know, of, oh no, my kid's going to walk away from faith. But actually that's a moment to lean in and say, ah, I wonder about that. You know, let's wrestle with that a little bit together. Um, So to be present with our kids in the midst of those doubts and questions is super, super important. Now, warning signs on, on another level around, say, anxiety or depression or overwhelm. You know, when we sense, so experts would tell us that when it feels like our kids maybe are too overwhelmed to handle the stuff of daily life, you know, or when it seems like maybe some of their patterns are changing, like they're not eating the same, they're not sleeping the same. Um, they don't seem to be able to to handle the work of life that they're normally able to handle. You know, things are maybe falling apart at school or whatever that is, that those are the kinds of warning signs for us to say, hey, we might need to step in here. Our kids might need extra help in this season to just navigate the stuff of life, that that might be a cry for help that we need to pay attention to. So I I definitely think there's layers there of what kind of cry for help is it? We're just talking about when our kids are walking through doubt in their faith or just doubt in themselves. And we're talking with Brad Griffin today at SWS Radio. Brad, when we're starting to see those places where our kids are asking a lot of questions about their faith and almost maybe even sounds a little hostile sometimes, these are opportunities for growth. What's the best way as parents for us to help our kids with their doubts? We're big believers that young people today don't feel like adults really listen to them. And I think one of the biggest ways we can meet our kids in these moments is to actually lean in and listen, (laughs) to show them that we're listening, to show them that we want to, we want to develop empathy for what they're worried about, what they're going through. And so I think one of the best ways to do that is actually to suspend judgment to hold back from giving the answer. You know, maybe it's a question like, well, what's really going on? Or, well, God must not be a very good God if there are people dying in Afghanistan, you know, or, well, God must have abandoned Haiti. Look at that. And I think before we jump into giving an answer for us to hold back and to actually ask another question, you know, well, tell me more about that. Or I wonder, or maybe even just agree with them for a minute. Like, yeah, that's hard, huh? That's confusing. Like, it's terrible what's happening in the world. And just to sit with that for a minute, because when we do, that doesn't just unseat our kids or send them down a deep hole of of doubt. It actually can help us connect with them in the midst of their question and for us to really see them. And being seen is really close to being loved. 
You know, being heard is really close to being loved. And when our kids know that they're seen and they're heard and they're loved, then suddenly we can become trusted adults who journey with them through those questions and doubts, where then, you know, we can get to the place that we want to speak truth, that we want to share our own perspective, or we want to share from scripture about how God is faithful and God's with us. But if we just short circuit and jump to that, we might actually lose their trust. We're talking with Brad Griffin today at SWS Radio. We're talking about some of the biggest questions that our teenagers ask. And, you know, you and Kara Powell have done a whole lot of research on this and kind of broke it down to the big questions as you get into the layers is like, who am I? Like the identity question. Where do I fit the belonging question? What difference can I make? Like the purpose sort of question. But a lot of our kids are getting to this place where they're just like, I just feel like there's so many things that people are putting on me. I feel like there's so many things that I'm supposed to achieve. Maybe it's all the goal setting and things that we were conditioned in the last couple generations. And it's kind of trickling and hitting them in a different way where it's even more concentrated. But like when it comes to feeling like there's this endless list of activities and achievement markers and the kids just feel like, how does this affect my identity, my belonging, my purpose? What have you noticed about that, Brad? I think we can look at pressure through the lens of purpose and this desire to contribute to the world, to matter. Everybody wants to matter, right? And our understanding of purpose, it evolves over a lifetime, but as adults, we tend to be a little more settled, right? But in adolescence and into young adulthood, it's a huge question. And, you know, we might think that we're helping teenagers find clarity, but sometimes it sounds like pressure. You know, it's the pressure to, like, get into the good college or find the right job or figure out what you want to do with your life. And I have seen this, you know, I mean, I have a kid in middle school, in high school and in college. And so I see three layers of this playing out all at once, you know, and for my college age student, it's you know, she's in the midst of changing her major and thinking about what she wants to do. And, you know, there's like that kind of layer. And for my high school student, it's, well, you're in this particular track and you're doing this program. And, you know, well, what if you get into that and you decide, gosh, maybe this wasn't the right thing for me. Sometimes I see that parents We've almost gone along with our kids' early ideas, you know, so heavily <laughs> that they don't feel like they can change. I mean, I think this is true with athletes, too. You know, kids who specialize early and parents invest so much money in travel sports or whatever else. And then that kid kind of burns out or they lose interest, which is really natural. <laughs> it's really natural. But they feel like, oh, I can't change that because my parents have invested so much, right? And part of how I think we can release that is to say, hey, we are, this is the way we narrate it. So our purpose, our lives matter because we're part of this bigger story and it's God's story. You know, it's our lives make a difference, not because we do all these great things, but because what we do is part of this ongoing plot of what God's been doing, what God will do in the world. And, you know, God's going to work through that. God's going to work through our mistakes. God's going to work through when we change our mind, when we change our majors three times in college, when we get out of college and we do something that's not even related to our major, like God is in the midst of that. And I think that can reduce the pressure that kids feel when we just help them narrate and when we narrate our own journeys that way. 
Well, we're talking with Brad Griffin today at SWS Radio. He and Kara Powell wrote a new book called Three Big Questions That Change Every Teenager, Making the Most Out of Your Conversations and Connection. Thank you so much for sharing today, Brad. Uh, it's been really great. I've loved the conversation. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.